Welcome to the Top Gear Magazine podcast, a peek behind the curtain of what it's really like to drive other people's cars for a living. These are the stories behind the stories. Hello, everyone. I'm Jack Ricks, Top Gear Magazine's editor, joined by the two Ollies. I make you sound like a sort of dodgy comedy act. <laughs> the, two so, oh, the two Ronnies. The two Ollies. Ollie Marriage and Ollie Q and Rowan Horncastle. I'm a comedy act too. You're a comedy act. All so. of your own, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so today it's the um, issue podcast. We're talking about issue 371. It's a special one. It's the annual Top Gear Electric Awards. And before we do anything more, we've got some cool new functionality. So if you're listening on Spotify, um, you'll find underneath the uh, the podcast, uh, there's a poll. There's a chance for some interactivity. So get involved. Um, let us know underneath there what your favourite electric car launched in the last 12 months is. And then sit back and listen to us tell you what our favourite electric <laughs> yeah. cars are from the last 12 months. We could be wrong. Yeah, you could be right. So maybe you could, yeah, your options yeah. could be considered for our imaginary awards. It's all just opinions, yeah. isn't it, really? Um, we just get paid to give our opinions. That's One of all. our favourite electric cars does have a V12 in the middle of it, so we yes, might stretch yes, the rules yes, We'll tad. get to that. I think the way that I described it in the magazine is the electric awards, our favourite electric cars of the last 12 years, and then we bend the rules and crowbar in some cars that are a little bit electric, but we like a yeah, lot. Yeah, so listeners mm-hmm. should feel free to do the same. Please, if play, play, play fast and loose. But with having the rules a 12-volt battery in there does not count. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but before we get into all of that um what have we been up to gentlemen oh i've got a good one gents because i've been driving indisputably the worst car of 2023 already it's only march which is without (laughs) a shadow or question of doubt the risible bmw xm the most powerful most expensive bmw of all time, and coincidentally, the worst. <laughs> oh, the worst BMW of all time. This yeah, is, I'm wow. calling it Trying here to and think now. Of... See, here's, and here's the reason why. Here's why it's scientifically <laughs> scientific. Okay, waterproof yeah, yeah. argument. Yeah, mm. yeah because well, BMW make a lot of ugly cars, right? So you're predisposed to dislike them. The problem is that then you drive an X6 or an X4, and you go, damn, it's actually quite good to drive and it's nice inside and you end up having to kind of begrudgingly respect it but the great thing about the xm is that it's so terrible that you don't have to do that you can just hate it on principle because it doesn't do any of the things that that car should do if you don't know what an xm looks like by the way listeners then good for you keep it that way if you do (laughs) it's one of these horrible hyper suvs that they have now and it's the first m car since the M1. The first fully, fully bespoke M car. Bespoke yeah, M car, yeah. as an M car. Yeah, you're quite right. And also the M's first hybrid. So it's important because this is the way they're going. Mm-hmm. They've already said the next M3, the next M5, everything from here on out is going to have to have a plug. And soon it will only have a plug and no petrol. So this is a big deal. And they've made it an SUV. Well, it a looks, very big, it looks very like a heavy. sort of, what's the best way of describing the front end? Robot warthog? Robot warthog. That's a good one. It's perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah. well done. It's sort of like, it would It would be sort of, you remember Sir Killalot from Robot Wars? It's sort of like his girlfriend. <laughs> it's just a real... But it's like, you know, like a car, you always, when we're doing our job of reviewing a car, you're sort of, you're putting yourself in the mindset of that buyer and going, what's this meant to be and what's it meant to do? So you get into an XM and go, is this a family car? No because it's not practical enough, and it costs £148,000. So you go, okay, it's not a family car. Is, Is that, that before you car? put all the gold lipstick on it and everything? Oh, yeah, that's way before options. Good yeah, Lord, yeah. i not even thought about that. So you go, is it a luxury car? No because it's too complicated to operate inside and luxury is about simplicity and taking the weight off your mind and it's also about having a comfortable ride neither of which the XM has so you go right it must be a sports car and it's not because it's rubbish to drive oh no but it must have a a, a very clever powertrain that delivers oodles of torque with ease it does it has something very clever called e-launch which is basically the v8 doesn't even get you off the line the v8's still asleep when you boot it from standstill and it's the electric motor in the transmission that's what wallops you off the line you think hello it's like an electric car it's instant and then the turbo spool up and you're off and you're doing naught to 60 in four and a half seconds and it'll go that's not actually that fast it probably makes it the slowest m car and the reason for that is it weighs 2800 kilograms Mm. 2.8 tons so and yet they have the audacity to call it an m car and i'm not necessarily maybe 
maybe BMW isn't the problem. Maybe I'm being too harsh because I feel like BMW about 10 years ago said, guys, we've got the cars of the future. Are you ready? Here's the i3 and the i8. We've got carbon fiber. We've got recycled materials, aluminium, small, hybrid, range extender. And everyone went, oh, great. Yeah. No, thanks. That's that's too ambitious. It's yeah. too futuristic for me. And so no one bought them. They lost billions on them. And now they've gone, right, you lot. You it's want... a massive three-ton SUV you for get you what instead. You wish for. Exactly. Yeah. So... But also, it's a really it, odd thing. Come on, it's got two badges in the windows like an M1. <laughs> and yeah, th- that's the most offensive detail on the outside. Yeah, they've gone out. Oh, yeah, twin badges. And then on the inside, you know what they've done? You'll love this. Ollie, I'm looking at you for this. Yeah. I can tell you're a man of, of high quality attire, as we can see. <laughs> so there's no boot, f- you can't lift up the boot floor on an XM because of where they've had to package the batteries. And you can see someone's thought, oh no, where are we going to put the electric charging cable for our first M hybrid? So what they've done, you'll love this. You get free with your 150 grand SUV, a sort of Louis Vuitton bag. Ooh. Hold all, you know, luxury. Quilted. Leather? Oh yeah. Mm. Mm. And then you put <laughs> your charging cable that's all covered in leaves and dog poo mm. in that. <laughs> and it takes up, what, only about half of the boot? Oh. And you just drive around like that. And you just think, these are the people who brought us the M5 CS, the M3 Touring. You know, okay, yeah, that's about as much fun to look at as a battlefield leg amputation. But at least it's good <laughs> to drive. And then the XM is, I just think, finally the point where car enthusiasts are going to go, I think BMW may have just about lost the plot or maybe we lost the plot but, and then they're just building the cars but there was that a we palette cleanser so you went to was that was that arizona yes you they launched this in arizona because they wanted some of the xm would look small subtle and very yeah. very politically correct yes so they went and, to the desert and they also knew that it may infuriate uh you and others <laughs> so they said but we've got the perfect antidote to the xm we've got the new m2 and you yes. can have a go on in it at the same time exactly we've got the most expensive most powerful m car and the least expensive least powerful the entry level m car mm-hmm. with, manual gearbox. With, with the last ever manual gearbox possibly the last ever rear wheel drive m car and certainly the last ever purely petrol one Come on, that's Ollie yeah. Cube. That's that's. Can't and I love the last M2. Um, I don't love this one. Sorry, chaps. I just, it's very. That's a very. It's a different kind of thing. It's just very, very grown up. It's now based on the M3 and the M4. So, so it's, it's on that chassis, that platform, isn't it? it yeah, exactly it's a that. four series platform so that they've bigger, cut down. Yeah, bigger it's, out the box. To, it's much bigger. It's heavier. heavier. It's you know, it's a complicated thing they're talking about how they got a lot of feedback from previous customers saying that they found it a little bit scary a lot of feedback from people hanging upside down in the seatbelt somewhere going <laughs> <laughs> they obviously didn't talk to ollie marriage he likes it as spiky as possible <laughs> yeah but you can have that duality of personality i think they call it don't you, you can have a car that's both you can have your cake and eat it these days and don't get me wrong it's got 10 stage traction control this is a car that can teach you how to to drift but it just doesn't have that character all its own the old m2 felt kind of punchy didn't it? you mm. you loved it right didn't you and the m1 Love as well it, yeah. the, the 1m sorry that was they, a car they were the that... words you used the words like boisterous and pugnacious for those cars didn't you they, which were, should, they had proper character which to should, them but it's the entry-level m car it should get mm. slightly over exuberant young people into a performance car brand and with yeah. that you want a bit of spice yeah, you're, to you're it you're absolutely right it's the i didn't realize this until i went and spoke to the bmw folks and they said the m2 the last one was the best-selling m car of all time You'd, you'd imagine, like, oh, it'll be E46 M3 or something from the 80s or something. It's not. They sold 60,000 of the old M2. It has been a phenomenal success. And the news is, hold on to them. Yeah. Because you, you got <laughs> if you've the best got one. an old M2, you've yeah. got a better looking, more easy to use, yeah. better sounding, more fun to drive car than the new one, yeah. which is about 70 odd grand. Yeah. So. It's a weird looking thing as well, that new oh, M2. That, is... that front end, it's just like they've forgotten to chamfer all the edges yeah, off. Yeah, it. it just yeah. talks onto it. Like, do, there's do you remember the angles? shots? Well, there were, there were, there were fo- a couple of photos of it from the sort of factory floor that leaked out mm. and uh, i remember seeing them and they looked awfully authentic if you like yeah. but like part of me was going oh please let them be a photoshop <laughs> let this be so <laughs> no such luck <laughs> no such luck it's, it yeah. was the real yeah. thing but it's just it, almost the looks aren't the thing that no 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 but it's the, just uh, we've been i don't know if bmw's the 
problem or if it's just you know they're just at the end of the day they're building the cars that they think they can sell they want the m2 feedback was we'd like it to be a bit more grown up they've definitely ticked that box for the xm they wanted to sell more suvs they're, in, they're in america not looking and china. at car enthusiasts as an auction as, an, no. as a market but are they? It, you say that it's just there's just so much going on at bmw because i will get into it later but driving another bmw which surprised me more than anything else i've driven in the last 10 years and impressed me more than anything else Ooh. uh but it's an award winner, so we'll get into it later. But anyway, <laughs> thanks for your small anecdote about the XM. Yeah. Just to see what you've been up to. <laughs> By the way, this yeah. is the part of the podcast, everyone, where we nip around the table. <laughs> 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 Sorry, Jess. That was a full-on run. I let my pulse return to right, a safe right. level. You go and have a line down over there. I want to know what you, you two have been up to, Jack and Ollie. Because I know you've been together. We have been <laughs> well, together and separated. forever. Oh, and, and separated. Separate. Yeah. Either side of a car with a driver between us. Mm, we had cryptic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we had a bit of a special day yesterday, didn't we, Jack? Yeah, my pulse is as as high as Ollie Q's currently. <laughs> Bouncing off the rev limiter. Yeah, yeah. A very high rev limiter yeah, in this yeah, case. Yeah, so it's T um, we a very special day. We we were the first to get a passenger ride in the T fifty, um Gordon Murray's T fifty, Dario Franchiti driving, Ollie on one side, me on the other. We don't normally do passenger rides, but we thought this one was probably, yes, probably worth an it. exception. Yeah. This is a three seat is a hypercar. Hypercar, yeah. It's the two and a half million quid. I think yeah. it's definitely a hypercar. Spiritual successor to the McLaren F1. So it's you have Gordon a central yeah. baby. A central driving position, and then you have two two passengers flank you either side and a very high revving yeah, three, V12. 3.9 litre Cosworth V8 with a 12,000 V12. Sorry, how yeah. dare I? Um, yeah. With a 12,400 RPM red line. And that little wand thing to um, change oh, yes. gears. Control, the, the sticky yeah. thing that yeah, moved yeah, and yeah. then the noise changed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's that clever, was isn't it? So, look, we we could do several hours, I think, on what, what mm. happened yesterday. But let's let's keep shtum okay. because we're going to do the, um, the video, actually, of that. Please go and watch the video because the noise mm. of this thing, the drama, that's that's what it's all about. We want you to experience that. The video should be going live. If it's not live already, it'll be going live in the next few days or the next week or so. So keep an eye on the Top Gear YouTube channel for that. And we'll put the um, we'll put the story in the next magazine. So when we come around to talking about that issue, let's we get, go. We can let's do, it do then. the full deep dive. Yeah, and, yeah. and also we would have calmed down a bit by then. And a public service announcement. If you're watching that with your headphones in, just careful on the volume because it is <laughs> addictive yeah, yeah from yeah. a long way away mm. ro uh i've been on instagram <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, no i've so no i've just been a bit obsessed i'm sure you all saw this citroen ami that was oh, took the one that barrel rolled it took a tumble yeah, loads yeah. hairpin yeah uh, in, uh, monaco. Exactly. in monaco so the very famous f1 hairpin decided just to absolutely send it into that um it was done on purpose wasn't it well, someone uh, you don't take a but i mean look at the speed it was trying to go round there someone was trying to get that to crash yeah i, I well if you watch the full video they go up the hill with all four tyres, like, squealing mm. properly as, as, as much as they can get out of it. And then they come back down the other side. I saw a video um, where some bloke managed to track down the guy who was a passenger in the car. No one was hurt in this accident. Which is way. remarkable, yeah. because it falls on its side and goes smashed into a bollard. So, yeah. sma the roof smashes into a bollard. Um, but apparently they were in neutral, I think. So the top speed of the AMI is what? 28 miles 28, an hour? Yeah. 28 miles So they shoved it into neutral to try and pick up a few yeah, couple more. Coming down the hill, so they would definitely oh, do more than 28. That's the loophole that Citroen didn't spot with yeah, that yeah. car. But it? it also does ask some interesting questions about the dynamics of that car. I'm not saying they needed to put stability control in it, but the fact that the first thing that happens is not that the tyres lose grip, that the, the whole thing tips over, mm. is not a good look. Yeah. Mm. But it just on your point about the loophole that Citroen didn't see... Um, you're dealing with, so basically the AMI is obviously classed as a quadricycle, so in certain parts of the world you can drive one at 14 years old. Teenagers and cars aren't always a good mix because anyone who's just got their driving licence, first thing you do is A, go to McDonald's drive through and B, then just try and that's what max I, your that's car. That's literally what yeah. I did after yeah. passing my driving license. Yeah, and just see how fast you can go around a corner, which you couldn't do with the driving instructor next to you, which normally either ends in a crash or a really big crash. Yeah. And <laughs> so 14-year-olds who are slightly <laughs> fast and loose with the rules are now just using AMIs as tools to do stuff. So there's a compilation on the internet of Amis just in precarious situations. I saw one pushed into a swimming pool, one just 
put perched on a roundabout. Other people just just picking them up. So this so, is the new cow tipping. Exactly. It's just a <laughs> meme of itself. And obviously, Citroen, they've made it to be a cheap urban thing. They're basically made out of bin lids. So they're being used like glorif- glorified shopping trolleys. Exactly. Yeah. Feel so, are you yeah, feeling the, sorry for the end? It's the poor just it's so enemy. cute. And poor old Citroen's trying to, you know, there's a cost of living crisis. Young people can't afford to drive. Here we go. We've built you a car and they've just vandalised it immediately. <laughs> but it does it's provide just some hilarious it's just footage. just bullying. Yeah. But Paul Amy. So yeah, what have I been doing? Looking at Amy's like falling over or just being pushed into swimming pools. Well, good, fantastic. Move over Nurburgring. This is the new best crash <laughs> compilation. <laughs> exactly. Anyway, we should get into right, the issue. Let's get into the issue. Um, and um, from the Citroen Amy to another partly electric car. Um, <laughs> this is the news that at last Lamborghini have replaced the Aventador. So we're talking proper big hairy Lambo territory here. Um, and the good news is, uh, well, it's called the Lamborghini Revuelto. So we went to Italy to visit it. There's a gorgeous John Witchley studio shoot of it in the magazine. And there's also a free poster that comes with this issue. Lambo's the ultimate poster car. It is the ultimate yeah. poster car. the old school. Yeah. And on the other side, because it's a two-sided giant poster, you've got the uh, Aston Martin Valkyrie. Oh, from the last issue. Last so issue. Pick, pick your team. Are you Team Lambo yeah. or Team Aston? But uh, that's enough plugging. Uh, off, off. Well, no, it's no. <laughs> no but it's I, you know, in the, in the years of Instagram where you just scroll through pictures and then mm. you just forget about them instantly, you may archive them or like them. Nothing says I like this picture more than putting it on your bedroom oh, wall. Yeah. And also, you're going to annoy your parents beyond belief getting the blue tack out again yeah. and just putting it onto the wallpaper. We've just had our bedroom redecorated, so I'm, I'm wondering how I'm going to get it past Lucy. Um, put it on the ceiling. On the ceiling. <laughs> yeah, put it on the, ceiling. <laughs> the mirror. <laughs> right. right, so back to the car. So Lamborghini Revuelto. I mean, these big Lambos come around rarely. So in the in the course been of my over ten years since the yeah, event store, yeah, first it was came out. Um, it really 12, been that twelve long? years mm. since since the event store. Yeah, but actually, if you go back and follow the bloodline back, they're they're pretty regular. It's ten ten to twelve years um, before releasing a new model. So they do get one, the special editions in towards the end, though, don't oh they? Oh yes. Uh, Lambo do like a, a one-off uh, mm. and a, an edition, and I'm sure we'll have many hundred editions of the Revuelto. Um, the pronunciation, Jack, I just want to say at the top, impeccable. Thank you so much. I can only do it if I say it in a sort of dodgy Italian accent. If yeah. I say it in an English accent, it just doesn't come... Re- re- I don't know how, re- you, how re- you would. Basically, they need a W in there, because if you read it, it's Revuelto, is kind of how I see it. Yeah. But you came in... Straight from Italy and got it off off the bat. Straight off the. I was I was taught by Italians uh, to say that um, over a plate <laughs> of pasta. So I mean, it doesn't. And is there some impossibly romantic Italian story around what Revuelto means? So, now uh, I just need to defend myself here slightly because we did a walk around video, which you can go onto the YouTube channel and watch um, right now. So the the spiel from Lamborghini was yes, Revuelto. I've ruined it now. Was the name of a fighting bull in the eighteen eighties, farted, uh, f- farted and fighted. That's notable. Yeah, I'm not sure after that. <laughs> what a farting exhaust. bull! Yes. <laughs> um, uh, and uh, and it also means uh, in Spanish to to turn around or to mix up which is what this car is doing to the company's history and every Lamborghini from here on in will be electrified in some way but actually if you put put it into Google Translate you'll find it also means scrambled egg (laughs) 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 which funnily enough wasn't in the Lamborghini press release but I think is much better so we shall now refer to it as the Lamborghini scrambled egg Um, but the good news is it's um it's still got a V12, and it's still got a naturally aspirated V12, 6.5 litre, but it is a plug-in hybrid. That's how they're doing it in 2023. Yeah. That's how they make it happen. Which is amazing. You know, we've been talking about the hybridisation of Lamborghini, smaller cylinder cans, etc. No. Big banger, 12-cylinder <laughs> there. 12 banger. Yeah. And then, um, but also, it looks like a Lamborghini, which is yeah. also another worry. And the event store, it's been around 12 years. It's still... You know the epitome for children of the supercar. That's yes. why it's stuck around for, children for so long. And big children, big everyone. <laughs> That's it. We've all got our inner child, and this I think is a fabulous mix of um, the Shan, Cyan, however you say yep. it, and there's a bit of the Huracan's kind of more angular lights to the front. Yeah, of yeah. It. They did the um, was it the Technica? 
Exactly. One of the, the, the sort of latter versions of the Huracan, that this front um, bumper, the way it kind of comes back up like sort of fangs. It looks a bit like Predator's face. Have you ever seen the film Predator? Mm. Anyway. I've seen his face in, in person, but yeah. This is the thing I noticed. Because Lamborghini do so many special editions and and one-offs and they kind of preview the design language about 18 times so mm. when you get around to this we're like as you say oh it's a bit like the sean oh we've kind of seen that face in another car it doesn't diminish the drama when you see it in person really because i i look at it and think yeah that is ram lambo route one they've just done what lambo do and just yeah. freshened it slightly but yeah. otherwise it's about what you expect. Yeah, yeah. Pointy front end, mm. massive intakes. I tell you what. So, so the 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 interesting bits then, the bits that sort of caught my eye, um, the fact that the engine is totally exposed at the back, so there is no engine cover whatsoever, oh, okay. completely open to the elements. And I love this. You know, they say if we're gonna if we're gonna carry on with this engine, let's really celebrate it. And it looks brilliant because you've yeah. just got this hole and there, there it is Bugatti did that with the Veyron and the Chiron as well mm. didn't they mm. I think that was more just to do with getting all the heat out of it that's <laughs> yeah. what I was wondering yeah, too yeah. fair play to Lambo for just yeah. yeah but if you're going to give the world a middle finger you've got to do it without a glove on haven't you <laughs> <laughs> very nice yes there's some the, these kind of flying buttresses at the at the back end they're quite subtle actually but if you sort of crouch down to the right angle you can definitely see some some fresh air through there and the, the really clever thing is so it's got a thousand horsepower it's got three electric motors I love how that's just we just throw, throw that out yeah. now. Yeah. A thousand yeah. horsepower. Where, where are the motors? Is it, fro it four-wheel? Oh, it's obviously four-wheel drive. Yes. Yeah. So there's two two on the front axle and one on top of the gearbox. And the gearbox yeah. is, drum roll, an eight-speed twin clutch. No oh, more. Oh, they finally they've go, finally, finally done, done a twin clutch. So you got rid of that single clutch gearbox. All the test drivers walking around the factory with like like three-foot-long necks. Yes. <laughs> just having their heads slowly stretched <laughs> by the Aventador. They finally thought... Mm, maybe we should get rid of the head nodder. <laughs> just giraffes <laughs> at the canteen. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Spin out again, Mario, have you? <laughs> but uh, it's a transverse rear gearbox. So basically the gearbox is now behind the engine. And the really clever thing is you would imagine, oh, okay, so they the engine's where the engine's supposed to be in the middle, and then they've had to add a gearbox on the back of it instead of in front of it. Uh, it was longitudinal it before, though, wasn't it? Wasn't it just a yeah, so longitudinal off the back, now, yeah. and now it's a transverse? But didn't they do that so for that? Mental SCV12. That was going to be my. That was going to be my quiz. Which other cars <laughs> in Lamborghini's history? No, you've absolutely not. <laughs> the SV, SCV12. S. CV12 Ascenza. Yeah. Yeah, that, that was the Aventador full-on track, loudest car I think I've ever heard in my life. What other car had rear transverse gearbox? From Lamborghini? Yeah. Mura? Uh, Mura, yeah. Mura, yeah. Mm. So it's good company. Anyway, but the clever, but the reason they put it back there is to free up the sort of central spine where you'd normally have your transmission because that's where the battery goes. The 3.8 kilowatt hour battery. Oh, so you massive. Can... Yeah. <laughs> They're yeah. really doubling yeah, down on the EV, do. aren't they? It, it's, you know, but they're... Can they're you not... drive it on electric only? Yeah, you can. you can. And you can plug it in. You can plug it yeah. in and charge it up and you can drive it EV only. But, but... you've got like an 8 or 10 mile range. Exactly. That. It's got like a city yeah. mode, hasn't yeah. it? So it's like doing... Cheetah cheetah city mode. mode for a oh, Lamborghini hello. is not running on electric, is it? Uh, city uh, mode in Lamborghini is all the... 9,000 RPM with flames coming out the back of it on the Kensington High Road. The engine now revs to 9.5. So you're We've mm. kind of been a bit spoiled with revs recently, <laughs> yes. Ollie. But uh, fine. Um, so look, I, I think it's a really, I think it's a really exciting package. I think it's. And what about inside? Did you get to have a poke around the interior? Yeah, yeah. Um, the seats are firm in that usual you know, the, Lamborghini, the Lamborghini torture Lamborghini devices. <laughs> That's quite exciting when you first get in. You're like, oh, this is a proper thing, and then you mm. just think, what is my lower back going to be like after a <laughs> hundred miles in this? <laughs> but um, a bit more space in there. They've made a bit more space in the cabin. The doors are sort of more scalloped. It feels much comfier. Screen behind the wheel, uh, a sort of floating portrait screen in the middle of the dash, so there's a bit of extra space underneath it and another screen, kind of Ferrari-esque um, screen for the passenger. So they can see uh, yeah, exactly know, how, how much fast you're not going, well, or how much over the speed limit you are going. Um, but yeah, but yeah, scissor doors, you know, that's what you need. But also, 
even the event stores that you could the last one still had very dated interiors but because lamborghinis are so wild from the outside where everything is falling behind with each generation every screen's getting bigger with lambos it doesn't really matter because they're so obnoxious from the outside in a wonderful way it doesn't care what they look like from the inside so yeah, uh, we'll be laughing at that touchscreen in probably like 10 years but well, no, 10 puff. months i think <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. like 1500 horsepower by then so, <laughs> so look, i think it's um I think I think they've they've hit it out of the park. I'm I'm you know obviously we're we're yet to drive it. We will do later this year. Um, I think all it, we can talk about at the minute is the design, isn't it? But it's so, mm-hmm. it so shows supercars like a broad church, aren't they? You guys have both been with Gordon Murray yesterday. He's all about sort of absolute function before form. And but supercars are about a little bit more than that. As much yeah, as yeah. we respect what he's up to, Lamborghini's like the complete polar opposite, isn't it? It's the bookend. This is just something that's about absolute outlandish behaviour. And I think it looks tremendous. The one thing I did it did make me think about though was that this we talk more and more about this line between what what's a hypercar, you know, what what's a a two million quid car these days, and what's a three four hundred grand supercar? What would traditionally be a supercar? This now has this will be in the series production bracket the same sort of bracket as a ferrari sf90 but it's got a thousand horsepower and it looks like that and it's like what is now separating you know one of those from interesting you bring up the sf90 so it's gonna be similar money to an sf90 Uh, one would assume yeah they we haven't got the prices yet but but i'm putting it has it got luggage space in it has it actually um, got a boot? It's got a bit of a boot in the front. It has. Yes, yeah, it's got okay, a front. Probably front. more than an SF90. And, then. and there's a, a bit of space behind the seats. Okay. Um, a sort of shelf behind you where you could yeah. stuff a yeah. stuff a few bags. Yes. So usable. Yeah. Yes, of course, because the SF90 is bugger all. Yeah, absolutely Excuse nothing in and <laughs> nothing in the front. Got very it? little boot and space. And also, this has one very very clear advantage over the SF90, which is it has a naturally aspirated V12, whereas mm. that has a twin turbo V8. It's a much more exciting engine. Yeah. Um, whereas the results will be fairly similar. I, for one, am just looking forward to the first drive just because of how much Italian pronunciation you're going to have to do. <laughs> <laughs> and you're going to have scrambled eggs for breakfast. Um, yeah, yeah. But the, So there you go. Our first EV award uh, goes to <laughs> the 1,000-horsepower V12-engined uh, Lamborghini. Yeah, the name of that award is the car we're most looking for. No, the electric car we're most looking forward to driving in 2023. <laughs> Which it is. Which it and, is. And uh, on to the next ones. Do we... Sh- go through all of the awards uh we can we can rattle a few off um but i think we need we need to pause at the sort of slightly bigger stories so there's an innovation award for the mazda mx30 rev this is the return of the rotary engine not as a range extender yeah, isn't not it, quite that, yeah. in the form that we would have if we had our way but but hey it's here and it's very clever and it and it, uh, it works well for packaging yeah the best luxury car is the bmw i7 so that was my surprise because I hadn't been in an i7 or around it. All I'd heard about was this crazy 8K TV cinema in the back. Yeah. Um, and we're currently driving this BMW M8, which is like a luxury Grand Tourer. I got into this i7. When it turned up, I had to put some sunglasses on because it's it's quite a visually <laughs> posing thing. Not as bad as the XM, but I don't think it's pretty. However, a bit like BMW, they're clever because like the M3 and the new 3 Series, 4 Series, etc., they are growers. And um, I, the the week I spent with it, I started to really like the design of it and it had the glitzy diamond headlights, etc. But then from a luxury point of view, I was so impressed with what this car had on it and the, how it meant you f- made you feel. It's the closest I've been to a Rolls-Royce without being in a Rolls-Royce. And, you know, the partnership between that those two are, are clear. And with electric drivetrain, the silence of it all, the ease of it all, and just little things which I was cynical about a year ago, the hand Zimmer kind of tones at certain points and some of the lighting. But it does make a real difference. Um, and it's fast enough, but it's not really about speed. It's about just cruising. Because I've I've got it. I've been driving it for the last few days, and I completely agree with you on this. And it is a massive surprise that car. We're actually in the next few days going to be doing a twin test of it with the Mercedes S five eighty hybrid, the sort of most equivalent Merc. Not it's the EQS. Gonna, not the EQS, uh. because I think it's more about the luxury car with those than it is about the electric. And weirdly, although it is a brilliant electric car, that i seven. When you drive it, because it's a luxury car, you don't really think about the powertrain that much. You just think about how it does the business of accelerating and being easy to drive and comfortable. 
I, the comfort of it is outstanding. The suspension isolation, the noise control, actually really quite responsive and handy to drive as well. It doesn't feel big to drive. But also, if you're, you know, you're worried when the EQS came along and everyone's like EVs, range, etc. You look down, it's got 380 mile range and then you can bang it on charge very simply. You drive it like a normal car. So if you were looking for a stepping stone as a luxury car from petrol to electric, I think it makes it very simple because then it just ups the game in so many different areas. And when we first got on the EQS, I was so disappointed, especially when you get in the back of it. It didn't feel like a luxury car. It had that massive screen at the front. Whereas all I wanted to do was be to sit in the back of this <laughs> yeah. thing, which had the full, uh, it had the ultimate pack or whatever, where basically the front seat just tucks away in the fetal position into the front past, uh, <laughs> footwell. And I'm six foot two, at acres of space. Then you have this screen that comes down. You have all kind of the visual. So 38 well, inch 8K screen. called yeah. the theater screen, isn't it? They A call it. And you inch, hit that yeah. button. And yeah, the blinds come up and it darkens the cabin. It's the full kind of It's very clever because it's quite experience. playful, that car. When you there's a my modes button on the center console, and you check that and you can choose like expressive or relax or sports. And you and I'm like like Rowan, I was really cynical. I thought this is gonna be dreadful. But it sucks you in. Yeah. Mm. It really does. And it starts here you know, playing tunes through the throttle, like you say with the Zimmer tunes. And it's How quite much it cost. Yeah, but this is the thing. So the M8 that we're driving. It's just over 150 grand. This one was <laughs> fully spec and 150 grand. I thought the technology on this mm. is just insane. Yeah. And then you go, and I, I, it felt like good value. And it's, you know, at the bleeding edge of where EVs like this sh- should be. So I was just super impressed. And then I got back into the M8. And this is the worrying thing with the rate of technology and interiors, et cetera. It's like when you first if you're lucky enough to have flown business class, then you go back into economy. You're like, well, I'm never doing that again. <laughs> and but all you strive for this is just the, the screens, the functionality, but also it's the only car where I felt like a grandma or granddad getting into it where I didn't know how anything works. And it's a phony grandchildren. Well, like, yeah. turn it <laughs> we need to get your niece. Because uh, it, <laughs> it has automatic doors front and back. And I know the Tesla have had this trick of purchasing the brake pedal and the door, but it does feel good. And you, you, you know, it was Rolls-Royce's phantom party trick of being able to open closed doors automatically this all has it but it also has four buttons basically on the door handles and i didn't know what any of them did <laughs> so i thought right no problem i'll go into the glove box to get to read about this couldn't find the button for the glove box because obviously <laughs> it's in the screen within a screen and then there's about 500 apps that you have to go to so it kept me busy on the m1 when i was stuck in traffic standard now, there is a shortcut button for the um for the glove box, I found there is one somewhere on the centre console, yeah, which isn't where you expect <laughs> one to be. Yeah. So. It should be on the glove box. Anyway, yeah. so another BMW diversion that we've had there for, for yeah, a, yeah. a car. Yeah. Um, but so that was our, our luxury car, and yeah, I would urge anyone: don't be so cynical. Go and have a look around one. It's quite the quite the tech fest. Yeah. Better than looking at its face, anyway. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so we'll keep moving. Uh, our best e-racer had to be uh, Ken Block's Audi S1 Hunatron. Um, if you haven't seen uh, the way that he throws this thing around on the Vegas Strip, well, you're in the minority because yeah. it's millions and millions of people have, but it's extraordinary. And and really, the reason it's here is because, as Ken did with so many cars, he just he proved he made. He made things and, 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 and cars and car brands cool. But in this instance, he's bringing the madness to electric cars. So as you can get a bit of a downer on our electric future. Oh, it's all a bit the same. You know, go and have a look at what he does in this car. There are opportunities to have fun. Yeah, it's just such a shame we're not going to see him yeah. do anything else again. Yeah, I know. But he saw boundaries yeah. and just went, right, I'm going to headbutt through that and do something mad. So yeah, yeah a, a basically 160 mile an hour yeah. rear entry down the Vegas that, yeah, yeah. car. That yeah. is the rear, it's, it's that, isn't it? The, the rear entry, yeah. the yeah. ultimate yeah. back it in. Ken, the turning's not for another 300 metres. Now I'm out to start it. <laughs> um, right, and then, uh, so best our best excess all areas EV is the Hummer EV pickup. Now there's going to be a, f- a variety of opinions around this table. Um, yeah. Yeah. Go on, I'm at it. I'm at it. I loathe this thing. <laughs> I loathe what it stands for. I just, oh, it's just, it's the fact, what well, I think is that they've just put double stack the batteries, didn't they? So they mm. just put That's twice as many. That's not an engineering solution. It's not an engineering solution. So 205, how big's the battery Kilowatt on the i7? 105. Yeah, yeah, so two i7 batteries. 
stacked on stacked top of on one, top another, of one like another sandwich. Yeah. Four thousand yeah, yeah. one hundred kilograms. I mean, it is the most American solution for an mm. for a problem, isn't it? It's just, yeah. but it just it offends me yeah. that they they think this is a developmental future in this, and it's not a, just a blind alley they're piling their way into. I love um, it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I just, not to go, go play with cliches, but it is a very American solution of more is more. Yeah. And uh, the, the the fact is, it's a thousand horsepower, four ton SUV. Um, the, how many Honda E batteries is it? Six. It's six Honda E's. Six Honda E's. It weighs as much as nine Caterham 170Rs. Nine in case you missed that number. But also, it's, it is just, let's just go big, which yeah, is what yeah. Americans but, do. And, and oh, why is it in your electric awards issue? Well, there was some arguing <laughs> around this and uh, a little bit of positioning. A little bit now, of fighting. You, if you read the feature, you'll see I, will, I start off by, you know, airing all of our concerns about what this car stands for, because it is a blind alley. You know, electric cars are supposed to be cleaning up our air and reducing our carbon footprint. And this just goes, <laughs> I'll take yeah. that technology and just, you know, quadruple it yeah. to build a tank. So it doesn't make much sense on that level. But we are top gear. We do. We have been celebrating cars that bring character and a bit of mm. silliness and they don't have to make complete logical sense for us to enjoy them and want them to exist so um basically we went to america we did a big road trip in it we picked it up in um i picked it up in la actually drove to palm springs um went on the canyon roads up, up there and then road tripped all the way across to arizona to a little town called baghdad now oh. if you know the military past of the the hummer you'll see the uh the uh fun see what we did there, there. we yeah, wanted to invade baghdad there. with a hummer so yes <laughs> what we wanted to invade baghdad with a hummer yes yeah, so so we was... invaded baghdad with a hummer um we made it there baghdad is an, a copper mine town middle of nowhere in the middle of the arizona desert um they don't do rapid charges around there. There's probably about a hundred mile blackout zone around this town that we were heading for. So charging was was quite interesting. But they probably had quite a lot of copper there before they built the Hummer EV. Well, I was going to say, went this, in the car. See, this was the um, <laughs> that one. This was the Brucey bonus when I started researching. I was like, right, we're going to Baghdad. There we go. That's the story. And then it was like, oh, it's a copper mine. Oh, electric cars use quite a lot of copper. Oh, especially this this electric car uses. Um, I've the, the stats in the story, but it's something like 120 kilos of copper in this car, whereas a normal, whereas a petrol or diesel car might have 20 or 30 kilograms um but electric cars in general use more copper because they have the high high voltage wiring and the motors and everything else so um you know taking an ev to this town its best days could still be ahead of it but also we couldn't have taken another ev there because luckily with the like double sandwich battery the range is actually okay mm. uh, is it yeah because i imagine it's not the most efficient no electric this is vehicle. The thing. it's um the the, the 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 ev range readout which is what you stare at as your anxiety increases was absolutely genuine and you you think because it weighs so much because it has well it has no aerodynamics it, you know the aerodynamics yeah. of a small bungalow um that's just going to plummet. Okay, it's fully charged. It's telling me I've got 310 miles, but, you know, that's rubbish. Yeah. It is a genuine 310 miles. Which means about one and a half miles per kilowatt hour of... Yes, juice. Yes, yes. So, <laughs> yes, but if you were in another <laughs> hummer, no, they're just staying true to their legacy. Yeah, the other ones weren't yeah. known to be fuel sippers, no, were no, they? No, so, no. yes, yeah, so it, it can also charge up to 350 kilowatts. Um, so you have to find... Um, basically, we spent a lot of time in Walmart because that's where they yeah. have the really high-power um, Electrify America chargers. Did right. they all the checkup beeps just stop when you plugged it <laughs> yeah, in? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. the whole block <laughs> just went down. <laughs> <laughs> we're just there just sort of munching it's on a burger going, what? But the... The the thing is that we learn. We talk about the infrastructure of EVs in Europe. America is still very far behind, but oh, also yeah. the distances are huge mm, uh, yeah. that you need to get from place to place. And you know, when you're crossing the Arizona desert, and then we went up to Las Vegas, you really have to plan your journey far more than you do here. Um, but also the. the the Hummer had a million things that you could play with while you were charging. Well, well the, and this feeds into what I was going to say. Like, long story short, started off, you know, hating what this car st stood for, and by the end, it just won me over because it was just like a big, silly St. Bernard dog. You'll know all about St. Bernard's. <laughs> My best friends. Um, and it just had, and the engineers had had fun. You know, when you you know when you drive a car and you feel like um, the engineers enjoyed themselves here. 
they like this project. BMW yeah. they, they came into work. They came to. They came into. Yeah, they came to work early and they left a bit late. And they and they were in good spirits. And it's got it. it it's got that about that. They they made this car in, in record time. It was sort of sketched to production in two two and a half years or something. Which right. is just sketch to production. <laughs> yes. yeah. 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 I, I, I do want to know which toddler that they had on the design council because there was just so many genius bits, such as like the speakers in the tailgate, the pimp stick to be able to get you up the steps yeah. to get into yeah. the back of the tailgate. It's got an electric powered <laughs> frunk, bit like the F one fifty Ford F one fifty Lightning. And they go, Oh, should we do a convertible? Yeah, let's do a convertible too. So you can take all the roof take panels the roof out. Panels That's no off. problem. Uh, all the graphics are basically from uh, like Fortnite. Uh, they, they look like you can drive <laughs> one of the animations is to drive it on the moon so yes. it's ready for that yes, all the different mm. modes have the car like screaming across a different surface then you have crab walk which as we discovered in our road trip in america is the thing that seems to have um reached the mainstream everyone was like oh cool that's the one that does the crab walk i was like how does everyone know about this bizarre mode but it's essentially um four-wheel steering which you need to give it some agility and some sort <laughs> of turning circle. But but in crab walk, all four wheels turn in the same direction. So effectively, you can drive For diagonally. What yeah. Why on earth is that on a road car? <laughs> um, so I think the, <laughs> I think the reasoning is um, when you're off-roading, you know, the, the route that you might need to take between boulders and certain sharp bits might be sideways rather than so you might need your car to do the Casper slide yeah yeah it's diagonal yeah, no, it does look yeah. like it's dancing at times yeah. it's hilarious but it to get your head around it when Jack was driving it it's basically like reversing a forklift or being in a forklift but drunk because it just moves <laughs> and <laughs> also recommended. It, 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 you, it turns off after certain lock so oh, yeah. you start no, the, with a no, bit the of crab walk the fronts keep turning but the rears only turn up to 10 degrees so they're, they're sort of maxed out and then you're turning and then it's I can't even tell you but what it did. you're effectively going sideways, which is why I reckon Ollie Marriage must hate it, because he is our king of sideways. <laughs> this is a car that weighs twice Accessible as much as Accessible sideways you for everyone else. <laughs> yeah. you're, you're, it's just competition. You're you're it's a really nice line in this feature where you say that this is the, the Vegas of EVs. Yeah. I guess uh, this does sum it up, that Vegas is perhaps not somewhere that we'd all want to live, but it's somewhere that everyone should experience if they can, maybe yes. once in their life. Yes. And... Uh, I can sort of allow it a little bit, yeah, but yeah. Oh. But I, but look, go and have a go next time you're in America. See if you can borrow one and have a little play with it. And of course, big, heavy, large cars always make a bit more sense in America because there's more space and more. Parking. Yeah, this is a holiday race. Well, they're not. Yeah. They're not going to be able to sell it. it here, are they? Because it weighs. It's more than your driving license will allow. It you, you need an HGV license to drive it in the UK. Also, where you live, Ollie, in the countryside, <laughs> it can't go over small bridges. It's too heavy to go over something. No, it would be too heavy to be over the weight limit for, for bridges. So, <laughs> yeah, unless you want to end up in a river. But we had one of those beautiful moments. So we went to Las Vegas. We showed it. Obviously, everyone loved it with their four-foot plastic glasses of hurricane drink or whatever it's called. <laughs> yeah. Hurricane and, cocktail. And yeah. then all we wanted to do was find a, you know, a Hummer limousine going down. That yeah. was easy to find straight away. <laughs> and then we drove back to Los Angeles. And then when the videographer Charlie Rose, there is a video for this on the, on coming, um, that... He's like, what's that in the distance? That looks a bit funny. He, he's, he said, I think it's, is that a load of new apartments? That was his first thing. And yeah. as we got closer and closer, they weren't apartments. What were they, right? No, it was a military graveyard of old Humvees, which was perfect for the story because oh, we, we would love to have seen an original. And then there was about 800 of them. But these were proper military, riddled with bullets, the armour kind of hanging off. These were proper, you know, decommissioned Hummers from the US military. And we'd stumbled across um, basically a holding pen for an auction site. I think it's called... Um, I, I, yeah, let me let me just check the thing. Buyahummer.com. No, it's not. No, it's called GovPlanet. GovPlanetOnlineAuction.com. <laughs> and yeah, and you can buy an ex-military Hummer. So if you don't have the hundred thousand dollars you need to buy a Hummer EV, you can get for between five thousand and forty thousand dollars an ex-military Hummer. I'm not exactly sure where you were allowed to use it or drive it. But, price, yeah. but, but, um, but why not? Go and for if it. that's whetted your appetite for Hummer news, and why wouldn't it, then check out the previous pod because we were talking about when I drove the hum well, the thing that killed off the Hummer, the Oshkosh, the Oshkosh. JLTV, which, um, which has replaced it. 
Yeah. Definitely it, not electric. But I think this Hummer, it will definitely sell in America. It's made for it. But also, it's for the it's clever marketing. It's in the new Call of Duty game. So people with kids playing that will say, Daddy, can you get this one, please? And it would be the coolest thing to, to rock up at school. And you'll probably see a lot of them in Florida and other places where this kind of car rocks. Well, apparently they've had to turn off the order books at 90,000 because they, they don't want it to... Because there's not enough lithium in the world. (laughs) They need to discover a new battery technology before they can actually build them. But um, but there we go. It's not just us that thinks it's quite fun. Yeah, buy the issue and yeah, make your own mind up. Exactly. Um, Okay, a few more just to rattle through. Best electric GT, uh, Maserati Gran Turismo Folgore. Yep. Again, more Italian words. What breakfast (laughs) item is that? (laughs) No, that was I quite. I, I think I'm the only one to have driven it. Yeah, here. Yeah. here. Um, I still really like that. Actually, I've only driven it last November around a around a around a racetrack, but it, we, even when going going slowly in it, it's it's a cleverly packaged car. They've used the traditional styling. They've inverted the T, so the battery's sort of in the front and down the middle. So they've got they've still got that sort of beautiful silhouette they have, um, but room for four and luggage. And they've kept, they've sort of played, it feels like they've played to electric, electric strengths, if you like. Keeps Maserati it. alive, which is yeah, a brand keep, that needs Yeah, to be and it feels like Stellantis is actually inv- properly investing in Maserati for the first time. Yeah, we'll and see how that go- carries on. If you don't want one with electric, you can have one with a whacking great twin turbo V6. <laughs> yes, yeah, you can. Yeah, so yeah. All bases covered. Yeah. Yeah. Have your petrol and eat it. No hybrids, yeah, so petrol or electric. Um, so Chris Harris's pick, uh, man of the people, you know, wanted to keep it nice and accessible. So he went for the £2.5 million Rimats Nevers. To be fair for him, he did drive the tyres off it for the TV show. Literally. Um, yeah. Literally. There's a great pick in the magazine, which is his sort of big four-wheel drift smoke pouring off this thing um but you can go to iplayer bbc iplayer and see that um episode from the from the last series of the tv show and it's yeah it's it's quite a thing 2000 nearly 2000 horsepower 1888 um but that deployed. technology in the aston martin valkyrie isn't it because they use rimats battery yeah. and it's in well it's in a lot of evs that everyone can buy sure. that rimats yeah. technology is very clever um and then we have the Range Champion Award, which was decided by the Lay 24 Hours is do M20. Sorry, I'm switching from Italian to French here. It's very difficult. <laughs> uh, lay 24 Hours do M25. This is our idiotic EV range test that we did um, going around the London's Orbital Motorway. So idiotic, in fact, that we did an entire separate podcast on that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So um, that was 24 hours driving solidly around London on the worst road that we basically have in the country. It's basically the world's most depressing road, and we spent 24 hours lapping it. But let's, in the name of science, in the name of science. So check yeah. out that pod. Um, hopefully, it went live last week. Um, what else we got? Oh, the best electric concept: the Citroen Ollie. Over About to, time. Over to Ollie. About yeah. time, isn't it, Ollie, that a car was, was named after us? So <laughs> completely. Especially something so radical. It's an underrated yes. attribute. <laughs> something radical that's here, and I don't want to put too fine a point on it, to save the world, and it's called the Ollie. But yeah. it looks a bit weird. <laughs> no, thank you. A bit flat-fronted with the specs on. Yeah, this is Citroen's attempt, basically, to say, look, cars are way too over-engineered. Is it possible to build an EV? with a small battery, is it possible to make an EV recyclable? Basically, is it possible to build an EV that answers all of the criticisms you could have of Hummer? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Profligate vehicle. So hang so, on, if they made the Hummer out of cardboard, would you like it more? Oh, yeah, absolutely, because I could put it in the recycling bin. <laughs> but yes, yeah, so your cardboard joke, of course, is a reference to the fact that the Amis, uh, say Ollie's rather, it's bonnet, roof and the load bay, because it's a pickup truck, are made out of sandwich cardboard that's been sprayed with hard-setting polyurethane, so it ends up rock hard, as strong as steel, but half the weight and completely waterproof, most importantly, so it's not going to go soggy. Because it's so lightweight, it only has a 40 kilowatt hour battery, which is only a little bit bigger than the Honda e but it goes twice as far on a charge, 250-odd miles. Mm. Um, then because it's light that, and because it's not that quick, not very powerful, it can have tyres that last half a million kilometres. It's that virtuous circle. The mm. more you make a car light... What's, what's going on with the windscreen? Oh, the windscreen is vertical. Yeah, you need to go and check out some pictures of this or head to YouTube Cause, cause and, and see the video. You're trying to make an efficient electric car. That looks very un-aerodynamic to me. Quite right. And I think I think they've done this exactly so people ask that question and they get interested in the car. Yes, the windscreen is vertical. That is because a vertical windscreen uses less glass than a big streamlined raked one. So cheap to replace as well. 
partly it's that, yeah, you just use less glass and the less resources you consume, the better. And then there is also this nonsense that it's got intakes in the front that vent air over the top of the windscreen. So it has a great drag coefficient. Anyway, I don't believe them. But <laughs> the whole point is this is a city car. And what Citroen's saying is we've gone down a blind alley with engineering all city cars. So even like a smart is great on the motorway. And that's not the way we should be building cars. If you want a city car, design it for the city. So this has terrible aerodynamics, but it doesn't matter. Because in a city, we're in London, what's the average speed of a car now? 10 miles an hour at best? But, but Same one. as a horse and cart. So this doesn't matter that it's got the aerodynamics of a bungalow, to use your analogy, Jack, because it's going to live in town. It's going to be bashed around the Arc de Triomphe. But it's exactly what a concept car should be, I think. I love the fact that the designers have basically done Lego Technics work for them when they come yeah. to do the design. It's a big collection of ideas. It's like they had a big suggestion box <laughs> full of ideas and then they just put wheels on the suggestion box and said, there you go, <laughs> yeah. it's finished. No, no, that, those are just... Uh, Voila. No, actually, it looks all right. Yeah. yeah. I think it looks fantastic. And I, the best I, thing about it is mm. not only that it looks fantastic and you can walk around it and poke at all the details, but it drives and it is completely road legal. So and head you, to YouTube to see it take to the mean streets of Birmingham. <laughs> with Ollie Q behind the wheel. It was quite... I've got a very amusing um, video on my phone of him driving out of this garage in this car, just sort of poking his nose out as the traffic sort of whizzes past mm. in front of the car and off he goes, pulls into Birmingham and, uh, with people just agog. Mm. You know, what is happening? More than if you drove a Chiron through... Like, people were just... Pulling out the, 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 the camera were? phones. Like the best else. reaction was a, a lady who pulled over in a, a Range Rover Evoque convertible. Remember that thing? And just asked for a price. <laughs> just how much do you want for it? Swap here and now. She had to have it. And then, and, and then was the disbelief when she said, what is it? And I said, oh, it's a Citroen. She said, no. But it was, yeah, immediately Range well, Rover by it. A climb down the ladder for, for a Range Rover owner, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I think if Citroen can get some of these ideas, even just the idea of inside having all these kind of non-slip surfaces to sort of, we all know that cars are full of paraphernalia, aren't they? We've all got our keys rattling around and our phone and, you know, bits and bobs from the kids. If you can just have all these surfaces that are surfaced so not everything's jiggling around, just makes the just car a less stressful place to be. Brilliant. Full Concept video on YouTube. Car done properly then. Yeah. Um, okay, so we also have the best electric uh, van. Um, so this was a twin test between the, the 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 rather more boutique ID Buzz Cargo, which is cool. It's the one you probably want, um, but then the one you actually need is the Ford E Transit that it went up against. Um, and yeah, to be honest, it could, could have gone either way. This one, um, Tom Tom Ford was adjudicating and really it came down to, look, it's a van. You want the biggest payload um, and you want to get a job done and then you want to go home. Um, and the ID Buzz looks like a lot of fun, but isn't quite as practical or as useful. There we go. I think that's dangerously close Doesn't to yeah. consumer advice, wasn't it? We got there in the end. Yeah. We got yeah, some yeah. actual consumer advice. Yeah, yeah, we got there. <laughs> um, what else? We got the uh, the best everyday EVs. This sort of a shootout uh, between the Kia Nero EV and the MG4. Bit of a number crunchy feature there with, with some fun thrown in. And the MG4. MG4 coming out on top. Coming out on top. Yeah. It's, uh, it's winning. And then, we, yeah, l Lifetime... Oh, well, this is new for us, isn't it? The Lifetime Achievement Award. Yeah, exactly. Remember when EVs were they were it's been thought they're new, but now we're yeah. into Lifetime Achievement Award with the Toyota Prius. Prius. Don't know how you say it I around would, the world. I would go Prius. I go yeah, Prius me too. as well. Prius. Yeah, yeah. but oh, right. I think America. Right, that sorted that one. We'll move on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's... Uh, where? Yes, it's just it was the it was the car that put them on the map, started the whole revolution, really, and is the Uber driver of choice. Yeah. Um, Uber driver's car of choice, or was to the point where. We thought, how do we do the the artistic treatment for this one? Yeah, uh, where my idea was literally just go on Uber and then get someone to come, and then we just photograph their car because it's a, a daily used uh, uh, Prius. But um, we, we, went, we with the, went with the jump shot instead. Yeah, we went with one jump. <laughs> instead, yeah. And then uh, as you do, yeah, um, on to the big one. Ah, oh, urban legends. So we would, we've been talking about the Citroenami, haven't we? Uh, this is uh, the new Jeep Avenger, which is their new uh, small sub renegade sized uh, electric SUV. Uh, and the idea here was that um, the Ami, a uh, bit like the smart car, is a, is a car designed specifically to be used in the city. But is that what you actually want? Well, as long city? as that city's not Monaco. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that specific hairpin in Monaco. <laughs> Well, and the thing is, it's quite slow. 
you might not need to go fast, but if you find yourself on an A road by accident, you're sort of blowing around in the wind and in a bit of trouble. Um, you know, the range isn't very good. There's not much space for passengers and uh, and stuff. Whereas a car like the Jeep, um, Avenger, looks good. Back seats, boot, decent range. Doesn't cost a fortune. I think it starts at about 34 grand, the Jeep. Um, and so our point here was that actually... If you want a car for electric car for around the city, the Jeep is the best electric city car. But the Avenger kind of came out of nowhere. Yeah. It's great they haven't been shouting about it like other EVs, and it actually is the solution that most people would want day to day if you're going into this you know, yeah. form of propulsion. Yeah. yeah, which leads on to what could well be one of our most sensible decisions ever at Top Gear. <laughs> Speaking of consumer advice, yeah, because yeah. we look, we needed to pick an overall electric car of the year, and I'll and I'll. Uh, uh, get over, get it over with as quickly as possible. It's the Jeep Avenger that wins the big award. Well done, Jeep. Um, and yeah, a bit of debate about this because it doesn't really move the electric car game on in any way. A bit like, do you remember the, the Taycan when that came along and we all sort of went, wow, it proves that electric cars can be sporty and feel like a Porsche. Felt like a moment. A moment, yeah. Whereas this, this doesn't, but it feels like an upgrade, doesn't mm, it? Because mm. you look through the spec and the up the the changes that have been made mm. to it, and it feels yeah, it feels like it's a proper, conceived, really well executed, and desirable electric car. Yeah, and I don't know about you, but I've always looked at Jeep as not kind of a budget Land Rover in a way. Mm, you know, yeah. they've never quite looked as cool or performed quite as well, although I know there's a huge swathe of America that will be yelling at me right now for <laughs> that. Um, but whereas this, you know, it's just a, a way of packaging up an affordable electric, um, small electric car in a shape that everyone's buying at the moment. It's a good-looking thing. And actually, I think the Jeep badge makes it quite cool. Yeah. You know, there are lots heritage. of copy, yep. copy paste thing. There's a bit of heritage there. There's a there's a, a little bit of off-road um, technology thrown in, um, but they're not pretending that you're going to go rock crawling in this thing. But it's just nicely executed. Yeah. A hard one to fault. I quite want mm. one, actually, as the Rick's wagon. Mm. Mm. Yeah. There we go. There we go. But that's well, not the end of oh, it, Oh, that's is not it? it. No, I was, no, I was no, definitely, no. my voice was You're coming not, to the end. It was, wasn't it? But, but we've got we've got a smoky farewell to, for, for this issue. Ollie, I'll let you take this one away. Well, um, I can't remember what we call, what we call, what do we call this award in the end? Uh, it's best, it, best Retro EV. Ah, Best nice Retro EV. Best Which is a popular retro. category because everyone's just ripping yeah. engines out of classics and putting... Yeah, yeah. Um, electric drivetrains mm. in it, which sacrilege or not, do you want an, an electric E-type Land Rover? Nine Eleven. Well, actually, uh, no classic, classic cars died in the making of this concept. Oh God, no. no, 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 no. Good, Good news. This is the Renault Five Turbo Three E, and this is Renault finally working out that it's actually got some really cool heritage mm. that it can draw on. Went back to the Renault Five Turbo from the late seventies with the massive boxy arches, and has redesigned it as an electric car. Um, but not just that, they've made sure that this concept is fully drivable. And when we say fully drivable, we mean completely and utterly 375 horsepower, rear drive, slide machine. Ooh. So, yes, please. yeah, Rowan and I went over to France last week and spent a day with it. And um, it was it, it, just looks, it was mighty. It looks terrific. If you were a Renault Zoe's dad, you would not let her go out with this car. <laughs> <laughs> Look at this thing. But it's very authentic. Yeah. You know, a lot of people lean into their, their previous design language, etc. Mm. But they and uh, why are the French just so good at concept cars? Yeah. It's like the Ollie, etc. That yeah. they they've taken what they had from the past, but modernised it, but not in that kind of like kitsch pastiche way um so it's got the the, the wide arches that you traditionally see on a renault 5 maxi etc the, all the packaging so the engine is engine in air quotes is behind your head it, in a small cabin um it just looks like it wants to fight you and it's got 375 horsepower basically yep. rear wheel drive of all wings on the back yeah and then yeah, the from GT3, a gt3 racer yeah, yeah. gt3 yeah. cars race but it just looks cool and mm. then we put it on instagram and it went bananas, which just shows it does resonate with a younger audience and other people to get them into cars, which is, you know, those small boxy hot, um, French hot hatches was a gateway for a lot of people into driving and cool cars. And perhaps we should just say a little on the timing of this car, because Renault is, they're on the sort of verge of launching um, an electric 
rebirth of the Renault 5. So that's the standard car that should be affordable and, you know, a, a sensible electric super mini that, that's coming. I think it'd be launching beginning of next year now. But this is sort of a bit of just subtly building a bit of hype Fun. behind the... The and we, yeah, and we, we expect because they've they've merged Renault Sport into Alpine now. We expect that in time there will be some sort of hot Renault Five, yeah. probably badge with an Alpine badge on it. Yeah, this isn't that. This sort of well, I love it to be this. If they just bring this out, <laughs> I I'd know, be you've very done all the happy. hard work. Just yeah, this, please. Yeah, exactly. But mm. this isn't that. But it's yeah, it was terrific. It's also it's, got, got a teddy bear in the passenger footwell, which yeah. <laughs> we walked around and why, and then Ollie has the explanation of why they decided to do this, which so I they, love. I mean, I, I, the French designers, they've just had a lot of fun. They've done this whole car in eight months, from from wow. literally sketching it to delivering bespoke, it and us driving it. Um, space Complete frame. bespoke space yeah. frame. There's been some wow. rumours that it was based around an Andros ice, ice racing trophy car. It's not. Um, but it's 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 a it's a tubular steel space frame, and they've done lots of lovely details. So they've they've really played into sort of that Instagram generation. There's ten GoPro mounts, including the sort of headlight sockets, are now GoPros. The mirrors, the what would be the mirrors, are the GoPros. Um, they've put, sort of given it purple tinted glass glass polycarbonate all round and yet inside they worked out that on the space frame they needed some padding so they designed these sort of silvery cushions for it and then went oh actually we need one on the console side as well and someone said oh yeah well we need it to be about about the size of a teddy bear mm. and they someone went I'll go and get a teddy bear. <laughs> so someone went off to a second-hand stop. This sounds like a boozy bought, lunch on a Friday. It does, doesn't it? And <laughs> no, bought a teddy bear. There's a Renault engineer with a really, really upset daughter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But they've even sewed the red, the sort of the... Um, Renault Diamond has been sewed into the bottom of its foot, yeah. so they've got they've, they've had a, they've had a bit of fun with it, and it yeah. is it's a very tight cockpit. It's very small inside, but padded. it's yeah, <laughs> yeah, but it's lots of fun, and your knees get rattled around, but they're they're fine because they're padded. But good on a, them for building it. Yeah, and there's a full video um, on Top Gear's YouTube channel now where you can mm. see it drifting around, mm. and you know, like Ollie said, it's eight months, and that's normally designers having to build a concept which is held together with glue and spit. This actually drives and drifts. We're at Magna Core and there was just a long hairpin, super long hairpin. And then we had a touring car legend, if you're into the Tocker generation, Ivan mm. Muller, oh. uh, deciding just to do, you know, basically a 250 meter drift with Ollie yeah, in the yeah. passenger seat, which is just fantastic. So uh, check that one out. Check that out. So that's that's the uh, that's the sort of meat of the issue. Phew. Well, that's one. Yeah, it's a small I know, one. It was, wasn't it? There's a lot to talk about. Um, I, I I dread to think how long and how much we've overrun, Brittany. But uh, let's not go there. Um, Brittany, the producer over there, looking slightly worried. But we've still got a quiz to come. Can we quiz? We we'll make it really quick. Quick fire, um, quick fire questions. Yeah, quick fire. This is also like we started the podcast with a, a blood pressure raising point, and we're going to end one with it as well because I'm talking about. The most annoying in-car technology. Oh, I mean, where do we start? Place your bets, Rowan. Do you want to kick off? Well, this is just like shooting fish in a barrel. <laughs> yeah. Annoying. <laughs> what is it to use or to just or is it, just in is general? It Paul Every time you ask me to give you a clue, you then get cross with me when it's. Is not... it Paul Horrell on the twenty-four hours to M twenty-five? Well, he's, yeah. he's technology. He's a robot of, <laughs> yeah. of, of We algorithms. don't need clues for this. It's like lane keep assist, whoa, touch sensitive. Right, well, let's uh, start with Ollie Marriage then for a change. Ollie, what's your first guess? Oh, lane keeping assist. Correct answer straight off the bat. That was number one. Yeah, and especially annoying now is you can't turn it off with one button. It has to be in a sub menu. <laughs> what? Because of European policy or? Because of laws and, yeah, just I, general. I, I got my one. Away you go, Jack. Um, that, you know, when you wave your foot under the rear bumper to open the, to open the boot door kicky yeah. boot thing yeah and yeah. you go oh this is great i've got an arm full of boxes i'm going to use my hang on where is it where do i wait oh, it's not working and it just never works yeah jack you famous for doing the can can in every supermarket <laughs> car park i do agree mate but there are stuff more annoying than that is an incorrect <laughs> answer rowan I find night vision specs on cars, not that everyone has it, bloody annoying. Like, who uses it? You can tell it? the man he's been in a BMW i7. Yeah, really. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> sorry, like, sorry oh, hang on a minute. Sorry, I can't night see with my eyes. I'm going to rely on this screen that is now going to sh um, show the world to me in night vision. 
What? True, also silly, but mainly an optional extra. Incorrect answer. Sorry, Ryan. There's still <laughs> stuff that makes me more cross right. than yeah, that yeah. for the list. Back to you, Ollie. Second um, guess. Haptic buttons, touch sensitive, those stupid things that don't have physical control. He's wiggling his thumbs around. Listen, yeah, yeah, he's yeah. got another correct answer. Ollie, you're <laughs> two for two. Yeah, I'm just, I just used a picture of the Golf GTI steering wheel for this. You turn left, you put the heated steering wheel on, you turn right, you hang the phone up. It's a mess. <laughs> Volkswagen, sort it out. Sort yeah, it yeah. out. Jack. Um, uh, cameras for wing mirrors. On what car? Ooh, well, I've been driving around in a, uh, the new Audi Q8 e-tron this week and they're infuriating yeah because they use the mirror mounts for the cameras so you look at the camera and you go yeah. oh hang on where's my mirror and then you look at the screen and by that point boof, you're already into the person who's in your blind spot very annoying not on my list sorry jack oh, not, 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 not annoying sir. enough there's stuff that's just... they were laughing at night vision yeah. <laughs> there's uh, stuff that's worse than this all right, right final guess from one. Rowan. the 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 new wave of virtual assistants that are now in the dashboard like hey Mercedes I'm sorry if you're listening to this in a Mercedes because I've probably just set it off <laughs> um, do it but, again but, hey, BMW <laughs> but uh, Ferraris especially you're just having a conversation and then it interrupts you and wants to send you to Milan or somewhere like that it's just people in the digital people in the dashboards also, getting in the way all the time do you have to talk an Italian accent for it to understand you oh, oh, you'll be alright then Jack. I'll be fine, yeah, be fine. <laughs> voice assistants and the general voice control disease correct answer from Rowan the worst one is, you know, in Sayat, you know what you say to wake that up? Ola, ola. Oh, that's, oh, no, <laughs> no, 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 just, it must end. It's so sort of faulty tower script. It's dreadful. Yeah. So we've been driving this i7 this week, and I thought, right, I'm going to, because you can't find stuff when you're driving along, so you have to use the voice assistant. And you go, and so everyone says, you must use the voice assistant. So you use the voice assistant. Mainly engineers it's fine it. when you're in the car and you're set up by yourself. But it, you put anyone else in the car with you and they think you're an absolute muppet. Mm. And if you're listening to something, if you're heading to a podcast, you're listening to music, you don't want to interrupt it to go, hey, Mercedes, please increase the heating by one degree. Well, it wouldn't it's when infuriate. you're in a BMW. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> also, if you've got small children like I do and I go, hey, Mercedes, do this. They then cotton on that by saying that they can get the car to do things. Daddy's it's like, car has a mind of its own. You know, the, the day that I um, our small Amazon speaker i won't say the name because it literally will set off every everything <laughs> yeah. um they now cotton onto that and all they do is yell at it to do you know the fart trick or play a song or whatever don't do it people don't let the kids know i could have this could have been a top 90 but if you two have been infuriated by a slow electric tailgate or become mm -hmm. incandescent with an annoying <laughs> touchscreen get yourself on topgear.com and just vent in the comments of the top nine most annoying car technology there we go. Good work. That was a rather... winner. Ollie Marriage won that, didn't he? Oh, I think, yeah. By a oh, yeah, yeah, I could probably do the rest that of the That was actually nine. one of the few times where there was a very clear-cut result. Two, one, zero for me. But I'm happy with my place. I thought my answers were, were excellent. Well, there's a lot of answers to give for that, to yeah, be fair. Yeah, yeah. It serves you right for liking the pummer. <laughs> <laughs> right, that's probably enough from us, isn't it? We've, if you want to get more into the Top Gear world, please check out topgear.com. Follow us on the social accounts from Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, etc. But also please get in touch via that um, and our email address, which is Jack. Uh, podcast at bbctopgearmagazine.com. Uh, make sure you buy a copy of the uh, magazine and not just because it comes with a uh, free poster this month, the Ooh, Electric Awards no, issue. But yeah, rate and review. We want to know what you're liking about the podcast, what you're not liking about the podcast. Um, and, and answer the quiz as well. What's the best electric car, in your opinion, that's launched in the past? Months. Months. Absolutely. Just get involved, people. Um, hope you enjoyed that. We'll see you on the next one. Thank you for listening to the Top Gear Magazine podcast. Hope you enjoyed that. And don't forget to subscribe, to leave us a review, to leave us a star rating. But also check out what is in the rest of the feed, because as well as interviews, we've got our monthly uh, behind the curtain look into the issues that we make. And also, there's some new audio tidbits coming. So... Like Jack says, subscribe. Yeah.